So um, anything that's going to cause us to miss out, anything that's going to cause us to keep things in crevices, hidden things, hard things, resentful things, um, judgmental things, critical things, deep-seated anger, root of bitterness. Things of this sort are not, there's no place for them in the kingdom of God because they're not of God. The only things that belong in the kingdom of God are the things of God. If it's not of him, it cannot come in. And if you hold on to it, you shall not enter in either. I know that people don't like to hear about sin. They don't like to hear about um, things that we need to correct. But I wouldn't be any kind of friend. I wouldn't be any kind of minister. I wouldn't be any kind of anything, woman of God, if I didn't tell the truth according to what God says. And many of us call ourselves kingdom, but we live a mixed life, meaning that we embrace the ways of the world and we try to sanitize them to work in the things of God. I mean the vocabulary, the, thing, the ways that we think, the ways that we try to get hookups or uh, do things. You know, we have, we have sanitized versions of world things. We have Christian dating services. Why? We have Christian yoga. Why? We have Christian, um, I don't know what we have. We have Christian stuff. That um, there's even Christian um, meditation. swinging. Yeah. Christian meditation, Crystal says, and Christian swinging. There are people that put Christian on top of their sin, and I guess they think they're going to sanctify the sin by putting the word Christian on it. So, you know, because if you call it Christian, anything goes. Well, that isn't actually true. Because if it goes against what God said, it's not Christian. Well, it may be Christian, but it's not, it's not holy. And we have Christian identities that are different from our secular identities or our world, our, our work identities and our family identities. But you can't have that. You know, you, you can't be split in four. You're one. So what do you have? What's going on with you? What kind of things do you hide in your heart that are different? David said, your word I have hidden in my heart so that I would not sin against you. But what do you have hidden in your heart that keeps you perpetually in sin, keeps you perpetually in cycles of defeat? Okay. When I describe sin, it's been called the fallen short, the things that cause, you know, the things that cause you to foster in God. And sin, the best way to describe it is, uh, it's also referred to as transgressions and and. And all these things are true. But really what it is, is it's living your life on the standard of the world instead of the standard of God. Because that means that you're going to walk in disobedience to the ways of God. And you're going to walk in conformity. That's Romans 12. You're going to walk in conformity to the ways of the world. If you walk in conformity to the secular ways, to the lifestyle, to the beliefs, to the anything goes type of life that we have in earth outside of heaven, you're not going to make it. Now, that's good news because you're alive and breathing and you're hearing this. And that means you have time to change. And we do have to change. We are not going to live uh, any style of life we want and still say, rest in peace, you made it to heaven. No, you probably didn't. But nobody <laughs> wants to tell you that. that okay? Rest in peace, again, is such a ridiculous statement because 
the peace is here. I've got the peace that passes understanding here. It's supposed to be in my heart. It's supposed to be a shield. It's supposed to be a protection. It's supposed to be, it is, not only supposed to be, this is what it is, but maybe it's not in your life. But the peace of God is a shield. It is a strength. It is a force of heaven. It's a lot of different things. And, but, and, it's, and it is the place of rest. You rest in the peace of God. But you do that here. You don't do that in heaven. You do that here. We do it here. Can I say that one more time just in case somebody didn't hear me? You rest in peace here. Not when you die. Because you've got two options when you die. You're either going to live eternally with Christ or you're going to be in a heck of a hell of a place. And there will not be any rest. There certainly will not be any peace. And there'll be a lot of things. And maybe I'll talk about hell. Not, maybe not today. But some things I read about it in the Bible that I found to be very horrendous and frightening and sad. And people say, well, God's going to send you to hell. And it's actually not true. He does not. Well, then how do people end up there? They reject Jesus. They keep the ugly. They keep the unforgiveness. They keep the bitterness. They keep the, 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 the demonic. They keep the stubbornness. They keep the excuses. They keep the perpetual, continual sin. And so they tell God, and if the camera's moving around, Crystal's doing a lot of things, so I'm sorry. It's just that kind of night. Um, you keep things that are not God, and yet you expect God to let you in his house. Come on. I, this is not, it's never what I plan. I never plan anything, really. But I'm going to tell you that you keep some hidden things, hidden faults, and you don't allow these things to be exposed to the light of God, then you're really playing Jeopardy with your own life or, or uh, some of those other games. What is the one? Russian roulette. You got one bullet in the chamber, and you're taking a chance that when you shoot, it's not going to, it's not going to be the one that explodes in your head. I'm here to tell you, don't play with your life. People are dying every single day. And many of them are living very unhappy lives. They have things that are hidden within them. Things that are sad. Things that are miserable. How many of you out here are miserable in your living? You complain about everything and about everybody. How many of you sit there and you find fault? You find fault with the production tonight. You find fault with the people around you. you. If somebody's writing comments, you find fault with Frederick putting scriptures up all the time or showing you all the different things or you find fault with the goofball questions people are asking. You get upset if somebody's saying, oh, you just look so beautiful tonight. It's like, who gives a rip if they look beautiful? You know, I mean, I don't know what's going on with you, but are you miserable? Are you, are you lonely? Are you, are you trying to fix an, a hurt? Are you trying to do something in your own life without God? and getting miserable results. Mm -hmm. Too many people I know, people I know, die miserable. They have led horrible lives. Not horrible as in all these terrible things are happening to them, but horrible because their thoughts keep assaulting them. And they don't seem to know how to strike them down. See, this is what the power of repentance is, is taking on the mind of Christ and no longer thinking the way that you did before him, before Jesus. That's another changer that you've got to look at. Do you still think exactly the same way about your life as you did before you got born from above, except that sometimes you're happy 
Some days I'm happy, some days I'm sad. It just goes that way. It, it really isn't supposed to. When we have the kingdom of God, there is a power, a source called joy, that even in the midst of feeling like you've been dumped on and all this other stuff, you have a song to sing. I lost my song by letting other people tell me how to think and how to feel. I lost my song because I focused on the circumstances and the things that happened to me instead of on what God said about me. I lost my song. And I'm so grateful that within the last month or so, God gave it back to me. I got it back. Got rid of it. You know what I did? I made a trade. Hey, you can have the ugly. You can have the bitterness. You can have the hunger for things that you don't want to feed me, things that do not satisfy. You can have it, God. You can have the bitterness. You can have whoever I think I'm mad at. Can you imagine being unmarried and being mad at your spouse for not showing up? Hmm? That hit a funny one with Crystal. <laughs> well, you've been waiting on God, as you say, 10, 20, 20, 35 years. Almost to the point you think everything's so dried up now, forget about it. It's not even worth it. And you're mad at that old husband or that old wife for never showing up. Every year, I'm believing God, I'm believing God. But you're not. And, and you got those magical lists of, of, of you know the hot body and this and the that and the other. But you don't have a good description of yourself. And it's less about who the person is that you would marry and more about do you match? Because what? Because you have the same qualities? No. Because you have the same spirit. Because you're going to be joined as one. So already you're both being conformed to the image of Christ Jesus. He and she are both going through the changes, the growing pains, if you will. And they do that without even having met. But a lot of us, we carry these things with us everywhere we go. And so by the time that beautiful, handsome, whatever person shows up, you still got issues. Issues is such a terrible word sometimes. I got issues. Okay, well, can you get rid of some of them so I can have a happily ever after? You know? Well, I still have fear. Why do you still have fear? I don't know. Have you done anything about it? No. Well, it's not going to magically disappear. But it will with some effort, with the Word of God, with time in the presence of the Holy Spirit, with a trading off, a, a releasing of what is not God to receive what is. That's what I'm talking about. It's a releasing of what is not God to take in who He is and how He wants to work through you. Here they take the Bible says that when righteous do rejoice, great there's great glory, but when the wicked rise, a man is hidden. And I think that's such an interesting scripture that when the wicked rise a man is hidden what does that mean that he's disguised himself did you have an encounter with evil and you hid yourself and you've not yet come out you could have been had an encounter with evil through rape uh, death around you you might have had an encounter with evil through a robbery some kind of trauma in your life military this or this life something I saw something happen and the evil the wicked were at work and you were a witness an eyewitness to it or you were unfortunately a victim or you were victimized by it and so you became hidden but it wasn't the kind of hiding that was like getting behind something so that they won't see you this is a disguise a facade that you put on it's another person it's the person that you are not and you've taken on an identity that is not yours 
miserable, sad. I'll give you a scripture, Ruth chapter 1, where it talks about Naomi, who uh, had beautiful names and beautiful life, but didn't like what was happening, was dissatisfied. Her old husband left her. Then her sons left her, and she was left with these two girls, no sons, no, no grandchildren or anything. And so Naomi, um, after her husband had died and after all of the rest of them had, had passed away, she was basically, she felt left. Naomi's name meant my delight. And that's what she was. She was supposed to be a, the delight, a delight to God. Her husband's name meant my God is king. And so Elimelech and, and Naomi, my God is king and my delight were together. But they moved out of the places where God had put them. And they went someplace else to get have it easier for them than what they were used to. They decided not to do covenant, but to do something independent of covenant. See, because they were covenant people. They were part of a blessing over a nation. And they left that to go into a land, uh, the land of Moab, which was those, uh, you, those of you who know a little bit of your Bible history, you know that Moab um, had uh, one of the daughters of, of uh, Lot as his as his father and and the daughter of Lot and Lot himself were the parents of Moab and so Moab meant he was of his father it was the eldest daughter of Lot who got her father to impregnate her so there's the incestuous part well that's in the bloodstream and so Moab and, and, and the Moabites they worshipped other gods they did not worship the true God they left behind everything else uh, jo, uh, no Lot wasn't really of the covenant that was Abraham Lot lived a life that was outside of that he had been attracted to the land of perversity which was what he did he moved outside of the gates and then later on it said that he moved into the gates of Sodom and Gomorrah he got closer and closer until he got drawn in what kind of perversity did he allow in his life I don't know what kind of things were acceptable I know that when the angels came and the men the homosexual men in the community said send them out because we want to have sex with them that Lot actually said, oh no, don't touch these men because they're righteous and they're my guests. I'll give you my daughters. So, mm -hmm. well, thanks, Dad. Not a problem. Even mm -hmm. though the daughters had fiancés. <laughs> Very odd place. Mm -hmm. So, the fiancés didn't want to leave. What was it about Sodom and Gomorrah? What was it about the perversity? What was it about the evil that was so great to these people? It was the fact that they'd never seen the power of God. They didn't know anything about him. They were destroyed. These daughters, the mother looked back. Apparently, she liked it over there too, because she was told. They were told, "Keep your head straight ahead. Do not look back." She looked, turned and looked back because she wanted to go back, mm -hmm. and she was turned into a pillar of salt. I can't even imagine what that was like, and how horrifying. You see, this is a supernatural thing. What would it have been like? How traumatized would you be to see your mother? turn into a pillar of salt if they even saw her because I don't know that they did did they turn around and look back and see because if they had wouldn't the same things happen maybe not because one of the teachers I heard one time they said it was the way she looked but it says no she was also disobedient he told himself not to mm -hmm. so did they know she turned into a pillar of salt or is this just something we know and I know there's a lot of Bible scholars out there I, I'm I'm having fun with the speculating and you can answer the questions for yourself <laughs> I'm not actually in need of the answer to the question what I want to do is raise the issue of how often do you do what God tells you to do and how often do you leave sin still looking back wishing you could continue in it you know when I first got saved 
I didn't know, because nobody told me, that if you were single, you did not have a sex life. I found out about that when I was in a church meeting, and they talked about how single people were supposed to be chaste, pure, staying out of each other's bed. There was no sex. <laughs> I was like, you gotta be kidding me, right? I never heard of, who ever heard of such a stupid thing like that? Well, you know, thank God for grace because I was calling God's word and it's way stupid, but it was foreign to me. I was so much a heathen, but I thought I was a good girl, you know, because Grandmama knew Jesus and you can read my book and hear about all this stuff. But um, Grandmama, you know, I, I didn't know that sin was a part of it because I felt, but I like God. I didn't love him, but I liked him. And I, I, I thought he was cool. I had great respect for him, and I went to his church, his house, at least twice a year. Well, maybe once. I'd go at Christmas or uh, or Easter or something, because that's what we called it. But I didn't go a lot. You know, I, I went to my church house. It was called the club. And, uh, you know, that was where I did my worship, and we did our, our praise and stuff to the, to the DJ's uh, playlist and things of that sort. So that was my kind of worship. That was my kind of thing. I was serving the devil. I didn't know... Now that, that's really what's amazing. I didn't know I was serving the devil. Because if you'd asked me, do you want to serve God or do you want to serve the devil? I wouldn't have picked the devil. I would have picked God. But, you know, your natural everyday life, maybe you don't know that stuff. Even if you're born again, maybe you don't realize that there's only two places to serve, two, two different altars to serve at. One is righteous and the other is lawless. Lawless is what we call being a free spirit. Because it means I don't obey anybody. I'm not subject to anything. I just do what I want to do. Well, that's actually obeying a foreign spirit. Because that's what he's telling you to do. It's your thing. Do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. I don't care what you do as long as you don't do what God tells you to do. Mm -hmm. That's the whole basis of life outside of the kingdom of God. Whereas in the kingdom, they go, oh, that's a rough rule right there because you got to obey God. Well, you're obeying Satan, too, when he tells you don't do everything but obey God. So uh, the interesting thing, however, is God put you in a position of authority so that the one that you're obeying, Satan, should be under your feet, not over your head. And that's another story that we'll talk about at some point in time. Anyway, my point is, is that I'm looking at my life and I'm thinking there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is destruction. And that was the life I was living, a life that seemed quite fine. Except I was miserable and I was tormented and I was, had to sometimes pay a price for some of you know, the things that, that I, I, when I tried to escape darkness. Because they don't really want to let you escape. And I was tormented. Naomi here, this delight of God, became bitter. After her husband died and all the stuff before she's going out with, with Ruth and, and, and all. And they returned back and they said... Hey, it's Naomi. Is this Naomi? Welcome back. And she said, don't call me Naomi. You call me Mara. Why? Because she did not have an understanding of God. She had not stayed around to learn about him. She didn't have intimacy with him. And so she said that all of her problems were God's fault. It's his fault mm -hmm. that my husband died. It's his fault that my sons died. It's his fault that I stuck with one of those girls because the other one went back to serve the gods that she knew she didn't want to serve the unknown God. Whereas Ruth chose to follow Naomi, we see. But Naomi didn't want to be Naomi because her circumstances, her feelings, her emotions. She'd come face to face with evil in the sense of the deaths of her family 
members and so forth. And so she said, call me Mara, because that which means bitter, because the Lord has dealt with me, the Almighty has dealt with me bitterly. Okay? So she said, basically, he has smoked me out. He has uh, done things to me that I just don't think she see it was God's fault. That's what she was saying. And that's a beautiful story to talk about, but I'm not going to talk about it tonight. I just want to ask again, according to the scripture that we were looking at here, is your story by any chance the fact that you were hurt? You had certain things, so there was great joy when the wicked rise, a man is hidden. That's Proverbs 28, 12. When righteous do rejoice, great glory, but when the wicked rise, a man is disguised. It's time to take off the disguise. It's, it's cliche to say time to take off the mask. But I want to say stop wearing the disguise. If you're hurt, it's time to tell God. Mm -hmm. If you're angry, it's time to let him know. If you're bitter, if you're feeling like you don't trust, if you're angry and frustrated, if you're sad, if you're miserable, you need to tell him. He has a remedy. You can actually, I'm talking to those of you that are born from above, you can talk to him about this. I'm not happy. I've been waiting for this promise to come and that one. See, because the thing about God is he's not going to just pat you on the shoulder. Jesus is going to take this stuff on. And then he's going to give you instructions to change your life so that you can come out of these little prisons and, and mummified places that you've been living. I don't know who you are tonight. There's probably more than one of you. But I pray that you take heed to this for your own sake. Not just for the calling that you have on your life. But it's really time to stop being so miserable because you're not very much fun to be around. You know? Your misery infects other people. It's contagious in so many ways. And you're not even the beautiful, amazing person that you're really meant to be because you're too self-absorbed. You're always thinking about you, but it's not good thoughts. You see, it's not good thoughts. I, I think about me too. I think about how uh, blessed I am. I think about how God has changed so many things in my life in just the last few months, uh, three months, I guess it is, almost four months now. I think about the word. I think about how I have a song to sing again. I think about a lot of wonderful things, but I don't dwell on me all day. Mm -hmm. I dwell on the God in me. And that's what he wants you to do as well. So here it is, I'm going to read that scripture again. When righteous do rejoice, there is great glory. But when the wicked rise, a man is hidden. A man is hidden. You don't want to be. It says, when the wicked rise, men hide themselves. They disguise themselves. Here in the Passion, it says, the triumphant joy of God's lovers releases great glory. But when the wicked rise to power, everyone goes into hiding. It's time to come out time to come come to a place where he will release inside of you what he's already provided for you the healing is already there everything that you need the Bible says you have everything that pertains to life and godliness everything that you have need of he's already provided here's another one it talks about things that are hidden in Acts 26 this is a fun one when Paul was preaching to King Agrippa and this was Agrippa's opportunity to receive the gospel, but he rejected it. And he said, um, he, they thought that Paul had lost his mind. And he said, I'm not mad, most noble uh, Festus. I'm reading Acts 26, 25. That's where I'm starting. 
but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. Because, you know, when you start speaking truth, people think you're crazy. You're 5150 now, okay? But the king knows of these things, therefore, before whom also I speak freely, for I'm persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him. What is he saying? None of the things I'm preaching about the gospel, none of the things I say about the kingdom of God, none of the things I say about Jesus, none of the things I say about the word of God, none of that stuff is hidden away from him. For this thing was not done in a corner. That's what Paul said. God does his stuff front and center. I want you to check me out. I want you to see what I'm doing. Because I'm so sure of who I am and what I have that I already know God is confident all times that nothing he does will fail. You can think, well, God dropped the ball. He's like, no, he didn't. He's a carrier, and he's carrying you too. You just don't have eyes to see, nor have you discerned, because you are not in intimacy with him, and you didn't stay in a place of intimacy, so you don't know what he's doing. I heard a man of God on a call I was on today. He said, it's like when he, he said this. He said, when I was a little boy, and I, I, I don't recall which apostle it was, but he said when he was a little boy, he used to love to watch his dad working in the garage. Well, he liked to hear, and he'd be outside playing, and he could hear his dad do carpentry or something, and he's working in the garage, and the little boy just loved knowing my dad is here, and my dad is working in the garage. He said, but he couldn't have told you what his dad was doing. He had closeness with his dad, but he was outside of where his dad was. He didn't know what his father was doing because he didn't have that intimacy. He didn't have that relationship. Now I'm paraphrasing it, and I'm taking it someplace else, but that was the gist of what he was saying. So if you're standing outside looking in the opposite direction, how key, you're so busy looking on the things of the world, the circumstances, reading the news, all of the reports. Every night you're sleepless. You gotta have more of your extra wine to drink and you gotta do this and you gotta do that, why? Because you're feeding so much on the foods that are evil. That you can't, you don't have any room for what is good for you. Mm -hmm. That's the stuff I'm talking about. You've got to let it go. It's got to come out of you. It's not going to get you into the kingdom. It's going to keep you out of it. It's going to keep you in the outer courts. It's going to keep you in straight Christianity. It's going to keep you in performance mode. It's going to keep you away from intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And you will scoff and mock, but you will not believe when one such as myself tells you you can enter in and talk. Not yet, but I have a question for you. Yeah. So for someone that's listening, and they're hearing what you're saying, but they feel that they're stuck in that mode, how do they break through? How do they break through it? Open your mouth and start talking to God. You don't have to go into a little prayer mode. Do not get on your knees and do all this, <laughs> unless you want to. Right where you're sitting, I would just say, you know what, God? I hear what this girl is saying, and thanks for the compliment. Um, I am absolutely miserable. I don't even know why. Other than I'm mad at this and this doesn't work and I hate that my shoes don't fit and my feet are fat and my husband is this or I've been waiting 25 years. They told me God was going to send me a mate and I have been waiting. I'm all dried up now. I'll never have children. I'm mad about this. I'm pissed about this. I'm ticked about this or whatever your stuff is. That's where you start. Just open your mouth. If you're willing, the thing is, for many of us, you know why we won't? Why? Because you'll have to tell yourself the truth. You'll have to admit to yourself what you've been pretending. You won't be able 
to hide anymore. Once you open your mouth and you start telling this stuff, that fake thing you've lived in, it will start to break and you'll be exposed. And for some people, that's too big a risk. I know that, you know that. People die. They would rather die than admit that they don't have it together. They would rather die than let God in. They would rather die than get rid of this evil poison that's on the inside of them. They'd rather stay in the disguise than take a risk to be seen, stripped of every facade. And it's your right to do that. I would think it's dumb. I could have said stupid. I did just say stupid. But it is dumb. It's living below the par. Okay? Because you've been called to something marvelous. Well, how do you know? <laughs> because God does it that way. That's how I know. Because the Bible tells me in Psalm 139, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. I wrote books about your life. Well, God didn't write the books about your tragedies. Satan did. God wrote the books about your triumphs and your success. Does that answer it? Mm -hmm. Anything else? Do you mm -hmm. have a response to that or a thought? No, I thought it was great. The answer was great. Being really being honest is what you're saying. Just being honest. Just telling I mean it's honesty. But yeah, but seriously, how how many people are actually willing to do that? I mean, just think about it. so Crystal and I are gonna have this dialogue and you all are welcome to tune in to it. But you know, look at the uh, let's just look at you and me. And over the last six months or so, as we've been, we've had to fight mm -hmm. to get to a place of transparency because our place of transparency wasn't really transparent. Mm -hmm. It was a place, what we called transparency back then was how much information we were willing to let somebody else see. Mm -hmm. It wasn't true transparency. It was, this is what I'm like. This is the person that I'm choosing to be. I'll let you see the facade that I build up, but I won't let you see my heart. Mm -hmm. See, all of this is about heart. The heart of the Father is exposed to us. But if he touches you, if his heart touches yours, you will break. I don't want anybody to know my secrets. We're not asking you to strip naked and get on a scale. <laughs> Please, Please don't. don't. <laughs> hey, okay. Please don't. Please don't. At least not in front, of, not not outside. Do it in your own bath, bathroom. But we're not asking you to give us the results. We're not asking you to tell us the things that the world thinks they think. Oh, this is so freeing. No, it isn't. It's bondage mm -hmm. that you've just shown us. That's all it is. <laughs> the only freeing thing is to give it to God. Mm -hmm. It's actually, um, you know, my thing. But it's actually a distraction because you're still not dealing with the truth. Precisely. You're not dealing with the truth, but you're dealing with a truth mm -hmm. or what you have decided to call a truth. But it's like, I'm sitting up here looking at you, and I'm not talking about you personally, but it's like it's like listening to, uh, uh, which one is the one that, that, that puts his head in the sand? Is it an ostrich? I don't remember which bird it peacock? is now. Huh? Is it a peacock? I don't know. Somebody okay. smarter tell us. <laughs> anyway. Frederick? <laughs> Yeah, Frederick or Carlita, they'll tell us. But the one that hides its head in the sand, I know the, I know the, the, the ostrich. Huh? Maybe it is an ostrich. They'll tell us. Okay. Hide your head in the sand and have your 
exterior bum visible well thank you ostrich your bum is visible for all of us but you because your head is hidden in the sand you think we can't see you yeah well you about to get a big pop on the you know what and that'll let you know oh yeah i see you i see part of you i didn't want to know about okay it's the same thing we hide in a a closed off place and we think because you can hear us talk or because we say the rhetoric, we speak the rhetoric of the day, we speak the psychobabble, and we say all the right stuff and we put we have the right enunciation. We've got all that, so we think, see, now I'm coming across, I'm keeping it real, people. I'm keeping it real. But you're not real. Because you won't admit the truth to yourself. These are people that commit suicide. They die. Mm -hmm. They die. They may not drink something, take swallow something, or, you know, shoot or hang themselves, sometimes they just let the poison eat them away until they fade away. They do suicide mm -hmm. by apathy. Wow. By pretense. It's just that important. God, the Bible says that Jesus said, I came so that you would have life and have it more abundantly. What is the quality of your so-called Christian life? How Happy, joyous, filled with joy. Not happy like you're going to sing with Pharrell. But I mean, how much actual joy springs up in you so that even in the midst of the horrible things that happen in life, you are still able to rejoice in the Lord and heal quickly from pain that hurts your heart. And how willing are you to give him the pain that is in your heart so that you can continue to do, to rejoice, to, 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 to have intimacy with him? You know what praise does? Praise opens up an intimate place with you in the spirit of God where he can begin to help you to dream again, to reach out and to do things that you thought were gone. You can rediscover what has never been lost, it's simply been hidden mm. under all of the mess that you have allowed over the years to accrue. Just like my house looks right now. A lot of stuff I've accrued over the years. And now it's time to kind of part ways with some of it, you know? It's time to part ways with the debris of life, with the mess of the earth life, the earthly sensual devilish. Jesus said it in Matthew, I think it's 10, or Matthew 11, probably 10. He says, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'll look at it. Let's look at it in chapter 10, I believe it is. Maybe 10? No, maybe 11. Hold on, I'll go back. Because I want to read it in the, um, it's chapter 11. You know it as, come to me, all you who are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke easy and my burden is light. That's Matthew 11, verses 28, 29, and 30. And of course, in the, um, in the Amplified, or in the, yeah, Amplified, he says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, and I acknowledge openly and joyfully that you've hidden these things from the wise and clever. This is another thing about things being hidden. But what he was trying to say, let me just switch versions this way. He said, uh, let me go here. 
That's not doing what the one I want. Okay. He was praising God and thanking him that he had hidden things from the wise and prudent and had revealed them to the very young, to the babes. What? The things that we have need of. Verse 28. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's New King James. Amplified says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you to rest. See what I'm talking about? I'll cause you to rest. He's talking about peace. Remember I said about rest and peace? Mm -hmm. It comes here. It's it's not after. It's here. So if you say, don't tell the dead person to rest in peace. They can't hear you. They're already doing whatever they're doing. If they if they if they are in Jesus, they're not dead anymore. They're alive forevermore. If they are not with him, they can't hear you. He says, I'll cause you to rest. I'll give you rest. See, rest. And then what? Take my yoke upon you, my yoke of obedience, my yoke of peace. It's a cloak that you can wear and learn of me. What? Learn of me. See, I'm going to take away all the burdens of your life. I'm going to take away this weight of your mind and of your facade, of your phony. Because it burdens you down, I'm telling you. It's hard to keep pretending like that. Mm -hmm. He said, you'll find rest and refreshment and recreation and blessed quiet for your mm -hmm. soul. That's what happens when you take his yoke upon you. In the message, he says, walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn to enforce rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Mm -hmm. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That's what, for my yoke is wholesome. Useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, oppressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant. And my burden is light, easy to be borne. Because it's joy. It's that buoyancy of joy. Everything, every gift, every factor, force of heaven that comes. The, the rhythm of grace, the rhythm of joy, the rhythm of mercy, the ryth rhythm of peace. It's all buoyant. It's filled with joy. It's filled with the life of God. And so none of it is heavy except his presence the weightiness of his glory but when you're filled with him you're able to move and to flow in it you see mm. he's offering that to you i don't have to do an altar call i'm simply going to tell you straight out go talk to him about it if you don't know him i'm going to tell you straight out you need to call him you need to let us tell you about the kingdom of god i'm not going to just introduce you to Jesus though I am but I want to talk to you about your life I want to I'll talk to you about the kingdom of God I want to tell you what you have available to you that is far better than anything else and it's the only thing it's the best exit strategy on the days that you do depart this earth but mm. it's an excellent entrance and a wonderful place to live while you are in this earth it's a place of power it's a place of overcoming place of mercy and grace and truth and so many other things the kingdom of god is the righteousness the peace and the joy of god joy in the holy spirit it is relationship with him it is the introduction to the person of jesus it's not just the acts of jesus but the person of jesus and it's learning who you are and about your identity it's everything you will ever want i think that's all i have to So let me say this very quickly to Astounding Love and More Than Enough Ministries. You may have noticed that there have been some very evil kind of comments and 
accusations and lies that had been posted online um, by the family of, of one of our members who has moved to heaven. People, when they're grieved and, and when they're feeling guilty or whatever it is they're going through, they'll lash out. We don't lash back. Our apostle has told us many times, my good conscience, clear conscience, is my only defense. Mm -hmm. The Bible tells us that you don't fight these battles, God will fight them. What I want you to do, I'm not naming names, you all know, some of you I know have made comments. I want you to pray. I want you to release mercy and love over the family. They're hurting. They're hurting very badly. They are forgiven. We release forgiveness. We release mercy. We love them very much. We loved our sister. We love the children. We love her family. We don't strike back. We don't retaliate. If you know us, you know it's not true. If you don't know us, then you may think it's true and chime in and have your own things to say. If they've cussed you out, dust yourself off and get up. You've cussed people out before. You can take it. <laughs> don't hold it. Just give it to God. Release. Forgive. If you're one of our ministers and you're tiptoeing around all this, this is your time to grow up and grow up into some of these things. Don't you dare gossip about these people. Don't you dare go around talking to everybody about what they're doing. If you're doing that, you're out of order. You're in sin. Get out of it. I am telling you, we don't do that. That's not our house. It's not who we are. It's not who Jesus is. So it's not who we are. We don't go tail-bearing. We don't go fault-finding. We don't criticize. And we don't do all the things that we want to do. And then we don't get on the phone and talk to each other about these folks. We get on our face or on our knees or on a prayer call with somebody. And we pray until we break. So that we have light. In his name I'm saying. Amen. And that is Pastor Antonio Vargas. But the rest of us get pretty kind of nice about it. If you have any comments, please let us know. Okay. Um, for the astounding love, people that are actually too far away to come, or you're still going through whatever you're going through physically, Sunday, um, Crystal will reach out to those of you and let you know that you'll be able to join us in the prayer circle. We're still doing things by phone, but also you'll be able to do a private meeting. We're not broadcasting live. This is in-house. This is what happens in the house so that we can change things on the outside. We're learning to flow together. We're learning to be what we were called to be. This is a very new work that we're preparing for. It's the first time in our lives we've ever been in such a position. I think it's the most marvelous thing I've experienced yet in all the years of ministry. And I, I'm not telling you how many years I've been in ministry. I don't know how many years I've been in ministry. <laughs> so, and I'm not going to sit here and start counting on my fingers and toes either. So I want to say we'll go ahead and those of you that are going to give tithes and offerings or whatever it is that you want to release, go ahead and do that. I'm sure the information is on board. Since we don't have any questions tonight, I've said everything that I believe that the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Will you pray for us? I am praying for you. I prayed for you before I got on this call, I mean on this broadcast tonight. I'll be praying for you afterwards. But tonight, why don't you pray for one another? Pray for yourself. Get honest with the Holy Spirit. Be willing to be stripped of your facade. If you want to strip naked, not the physical, but he stripped the spirit, stripped the soul. Get in that mirror. Talk to the Holy Spirit. He's listening. 
He's not far away. You don't have to go sit out and look up at the stars and talk to God. You can. If it's a nice summer night and you want to do that, go for it. We're kind of going into the fall now. Out of everything I've said tonight, it is my prayer that what you heard me say is talk to God, get rid of the misery, get the ugly out, get the hidden things that are trying to destroy you, get them exposed. Expose them to the light. Let God love you, lavish you, correct you, get out of sin, walk in righteousness. Mm -hmm. I'm following along with that. And I'm getting all the better for it. I love you very much. And I thank you for allowing me to have this time with you tonight. It's kind of serious. What I got? Well, it's the good news festival. Oh, oh it's an ostrich. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really big on zoology. Not. Not. I've been invited to go fishing. Mm -hmm. And I told them, I'll go. But I'm a girl. If it wiggles, you better have somebody holding it to catch it because I'm going to catch something great. But if it has an attitude in me, I might just throw it to your flying fish. So, uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. On a, on a fun note, I love you very much. And I look forward to seeing you again. So we release the prayers and the praise and the thanksgiving, Father, to you, to you, Jesus, to you, Holy Spirit, for everything that you have to have to say. You're sober, it's tight, but it's right, and it'll change us. And it'll bring us out into some awesome, amazing places of love and life and laughter. The things of God and not the things of this world. So I pray this and release this into everyone that hears it right now and hears it later. I love you. That's all I have to say. So on behalf of Apostle Baker and More Than Enough Ministries and myself and Astounding Love and all of the ministers and administrators and all of the members, we bless you with God's astounding love. And one thing, we thanking you for enjoying and being a part of tonight's Kingdom Conversation. And I'll see you again next week. Good night.